Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Let me give you number one. Write this down in your notes. Let's just get right to it. Paul is telling us in Ephesians chapter 6, number one is this, the battle is real. You need to hear this tonight, that the battle is real. There is a battle that you are going to face in your life if you're not already in you see, you need to understand that because in our world, in our technological world, you and I, when we get into battles, it's just the way we're wired. It's the way we've always been as humans. When we come against hard times and difficult situations that are out of our control, what we do many times is that we will medicate or we will serenade our problems and we will, we will intoxicate ourselves so that we don't have to deal with the reality that we're going through. We kind of escape for a moment. We use something as an escape. Maybe it's like social media, maybe it's Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon Prime Video. And we escape, we go home. I don't want to think about my problems. I'm just going to go home. Nothing wrong with any of those things. But it can become a crutch for us not to deal with our battles. Some of us, it's like chemical things. Others of us, it's addiction type of things like food. Come on. How many of you know we don't talk enough about that in church? Like, man, we go through things and we go to our food. Some of us, we get isolated and we don't want to be with anyone. And we do things to keep us from thinking about the battle that we're in. But Paul wants us to stop doing that. And in church tonight, he wants you to realize that you and I are in a battle. And the battle is real. You have a real enemy. His name is Satan. He is real. He's not a Halloween costume. He doesn't have a pitchfork and a cape. You have an adversary. And he hates you. And he wants to destroy you, your family. He wants to destroy your business. He wants You need to understand the good that God has put in you. In the Bible, in Ephesians, he tells us that you need to understand that there is a real battle. I love Ephesians 6 because it's not a false alarm type of thing. You ever been like in a building where they have like a false alarm, like a fire alarm? I was staying at a hotel several, several weeks ago and it was like late at night, all of a sudden the fire alarm went off and I knew it was a false alarm, but there's like this, you know, siren and this voice on the speaker. It's like, please get out of the hotel. Please get out of the hotel. And I'm like, I will get out of my bed when I see smoke. I'm not getting out of here because I knew it was a false alarm and I can hear footsteps in the hallway. People are running and I'm just like, y'all just played yourself. I'm going to be right here in this bed. (laughs) About 30 minutes goes by. I fall asleep. I wake up in the morning. There's no smoke. I have no burns on me. We all good. Come on, somebody. I hate false alarms. Paul tells us this is not a false alarm. In Miami, July 7th, 2019, God wanted you here tonight because he wanted you to understand that there is a battle that is real. There is a real strategy against you. Just like like a coach of a football team or a basketball team that will have a playbook to defeat their opponents. Can I tell you? Your enemy, the devil, has a play-by-plays because yours what your weaknesses are. He knows what your temptations are. Your plays may look different than my plays because your temptations are different than mine. But he knows what your weaknesses are. And if one play doesn't work, he's going to come at you with another play. If one jacked-up relationship doesn't work, he's going to try to bring another jacked-up relationship into your life. If one failure didn't get you knocked, 
yourself down and out, he's going to try to knock you down out with another failure. He knows his playbook. But just like the enemy is great and has a great strategy, we serve a God who is greater. Just like the battle is real, we serve a Jesus who is realer. Is there anybody here that you are thankful that we serve a God who is real? He is strong. He is powerful. He's a promise keeper. Somebody give God praise at the six o'clock today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because here's the thing. If you're not careful, you'll just focus on the battle and the enemy and not realize that you serve a God who has already conquered the enemy. You see, there is no battle that, the, that God will put you in that you cannot win or that God has not already won. Are you kidding me? The devil was the worship leader of heaven. Did you know that? He was one of the most beautiful angels that God created him in heaven. The Bible tells us that the devil didn't like it that all of heaven began to worship God and not him. That's called narcissism. And so then the devil began to say, I want the praise. I'm the worship leader. Come on. How many of you know that's why we got to watch out who's leading worship up in here? Come on. I'm just kidding. All of our worship people are good. They Gucci. Come on. Let's go. Um, but it's, it's funny because the devil was the worship leader of heaven. He wanted the attention. And God says, I can't have that kind of rebellion. So God cast the devil down so that you and I can be lifted up. That's the first defeat of Satan. And then at creation, he tried to mess up God's plan, but humanity still turned back to God. The devil loses again. But there's another defeat that is the greatest defeat of all. Jesus is hanging on the cross. They've nailed his hands and his beautiful feet to an old wooden cross. And the devil thought that he had won. But it was that time that God sealed the devil's fate once and for all for you and for me. And Jesus, when it looked like the battle was over, Jesus said, just wait three more days, baby. I'm about to raise again. I'm about to provide life. Someone needs to thank God for the cross, for the empty tomb. I'm so thankful. That we serve a God who is undefeated. Told y'all, I feel it tonight, man. There's something about to break loose in this place. You need to understand this. You are a son of God, man. Ladies, you are a queen. You are royalty. You are a daughter of God. Don't you understand? You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God hasn't called you to sit. He's called you to stand. He hasn't just called you to receive. He's called you to serve. God's got a plan, a purpose, and a calling for your life. But if we're not careful, we'll become so modern that we'll forget and the battle becomes a fairy tale and our struggles become something that we just need to work out or watch enough episodes of Dr. Phil to try to figure out on our own. <laughs> but I've come here to tell you that the battle is real. Some of y'all need to hear that because you've been battling some things your whole life. And you can try to self-help your way to it and there's some things there that are good. I'm not hating that. But this isn't self-help. This is God help. Like, this is God's word. God wants you to know that the battle is real. That's why in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 through 13, he says this. In the Passion Translation, your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. Some people are like, uh, Pastor Man, the devil's coming against somebody. Coming against my marriage. No, homie, you just need to take out the trash. Come on, somebody. Can, can I tell you, not everything you can blame the devil on. 
The devil's like, that wasn't even me. The devil's all offended. And some of the Christians are like, it was the devil. The devil's like, that wasn't me. But the Bible wants to know that, that not, not everything that you are, some of the things we do is just because we're stupid sometimes. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? But the Bible, Paul says that you have to understand that, that this is not hand-to-hand combat. What is he saying? Write this down for number two. You have to understand that there is a supernatural and a natural. And many times we are trying to fight the supernatural with the natural. And that's why we get defeated. Number two, write this down. You need supernatural strength for a supernatural fight. You see, the scripture tells us this, that your hand-in-hand combat is not with human beings. Well, who's it with? It says this. But with high principalities, authorities operating in rebellion under heavenly realms, for they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor of God that he provides so you are protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined. Look at this. Watch this. For you are destined for all good things and you will rise victorious the problem is some of us keep losing the same battles because we keep wearing the same armor and some of us keep losing the same battles because you aren't wearing any armor and as your pastor I love you And I love you enough to take time to reverse and finish this series to help you learn how to win. And how you win is in Ephesians chapter 6. Some of you need to read this chapter every day until you get this armor memorized that you know how to put on. Come on, because you are not a victim. You are called to be victorious in Jesus Christ. Listen. Anybody I meet with a victim mentality, I always end the conversation after I have compassion to say, now listen, you've cried about it. Let it be the last time you cried about it. Rise up and be the woman of God that you are. Rise up and be the man of God that you are. You are a warrior. You are called to be and destined to be. Listen, listen, I don't have time to keep going in that. That's why he says this in verse number 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power because we have to fight battles with supernatural weapons can i tell you that this battle is not with people that's why here at brave church we love people it's on our wall you belong here it is implied that any you person who reads that knows that this is a church that they can come to because our battle is not with people. Watch this. Your battle is not someone with a different political persuasion than you do. Your battle is not anyone with a different skin tone than you have. Your battle is not anybody else who is living on this earth. Paul tells us your battle is not your coworker who hates you. It's not your boss who's trying to get you fired. It's not a family member who dissed you or treated you bad. Your battle is not with another human being. Your battle is the enemy, Satan. He may use another person, but that person is not your enemy. That is why God, come on, listen, lean in for a second. That's why God says this, love your enemies. All throughout the New Testament, Jesus told us to love our enemies. In fact, even on the cross, Jesus is is hanging there. He's moments from death. He's losing his breath by the second. And one of his last words he says is, Father, forgive them. Who's he talking to? The enemies. He's talking to the men and women who put the nails in his hands and his feet. But his last words are, forgive them for they know not what they do. 
if they were his enemies, Jesus would have been like, oh, I'm about to take all y'all out right now. Bam, lightning bolt. Bam, lightning bolt. You were really bad. Bam. But he didn't do that. But Pastor David, they were so evil. They killed Jesus. Guess what? They didn't even know what they were doing. They were being motivated by the enemy. Can I tell you, there are people in your life that are haters, that are posting things about you, that don't like you, that are slandering you, that are accusing you, but they are not your enemy. They are a mirage. Come on, let me talk to somebody. The devil wants you to focus on them so that he can attack you and knock you out. Because if your focus is on the devil, the devil knows he cannot stand up against a believer in Christ who... Oh, come on, are you with me today? Who has the power of God living in them? Somebody shout like you have the victory tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a supernatural, it's a supernatural fight that we're in, y'all. So, so you can tell your hair, come at me. Because I'm going to pray for you. Hey, which by the way, you want to make your enemies bad? When they do something and they know that you know that they know that you know. And he's be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to pray for you. And then you don't ignore them when you see them in the office. Like, oh, I can't see them. No, you go out of your way. Come on, this takes maturity. Come on. And the person who really doesn't like you, you show up with Dunkin' Donuts tomorrow morning. And coffee. And there's no diarrhea stuff in the coffee. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? And you show up and you say, hey, I just want to let you know that, man, my church has challenged me to be generous. And I just want to be generous. I want to say thank you for, you know what? They are, they're going to be so confused. They're going to be like, are they, are, they, are they poisoning me? What's going on? Because what you do, that's why the scripture says, bless those who persecute you. Because what you're doing is you're taking the attention off of people. And you're refocusing your mind saying, oh, no, 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 no. That person is just trying to get me off of my game. They're trying to get, this is the enemy using that person to try to help me lose my focus. But I know who my enemy is. And I know who my God is. And the enemy is real, but Jesus is realer. The enemy has a strategy, but my God is undefeated. His record does not lie. Like, Pastor, realer, that's not correct grammar. There's a right. You see, Paul tells us that there's a supernatural battle. You know what? David and Goliath is one of the oldest stories in Scripture. In fact, he's used in corporate metaphors and stories. Um, Non-Christians, people who have never been to church know about David and Goliath. It's one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture. True story, by the way. Because it tells of a, a young shepherd boy, a teenager, who is who was like not his dad's favorite, but his dad told him, I want you to go to the battlefield and feed your brothers. So David shows up to this battlefield with soldiers. and Even the king of the nation is there. It's that big of a deal of a battle. The, the whole nation is on the line. Their freedom is on the line. They lose, they become slaves. They, they, they win this battle. But the problem is between where they are in their reality and their future, there is an obstacle, a giant. Much like many of us today. The difference between where you are and where God's calling you, chances are there is an obstacle, there's a situation that you've got to get through. And so David, in 2 Samuel, 
or 1 Samuel chapter 17, he says this. This is what the Bible says. In verse 38, check this out on the screen. Then Saul, who is the king, gave David as a soldier in armor. He put his bronze helmet on his head, belted his sword on him and over his armor. And David tried to walk, but he could hardly budge. Come on, that's natural weapons. Natural weapons. David told Saul, the king, I can't move with all this stuff on me. I'm not even used to this. And he takes the natural weapons off. Then David took his shepherd's staff, selected five smooth stones from the brook, and then put them in the pocket of his shepherd's pack. And with his sling in his hand, he approached Goliath. Now, come on, somebody. That doesn't even make sense right now. But David understood, I've got to tap into something supernatural. The king tried to put the natural, and David said, I can't use the natural. I need something bigger than even what you're wearing, king. I love it that it was the king's armor, because what that tells you is that even the best in the nation wasn't good enough to fight this. Can I tell you, you at your best is not good enough to get you to God's destiny for your life. You need to tap into something supernatural. So look what happens. I love this. David goes crazy. Watch this. Verse number 45. David goes up to Goliath, and David answered Goliath, You come at me with a sword and a spear and a battle axe. Come on, how many of you know Goliath is packing heat? I come at you in the name of God of the angel armies, the God of Israel's troops, whom you curse and you're mocked. And right there, the storyline changes. David's like, boom, let me introduce you to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This very day, God is handing you over to me. I'm about to kill you, Goliath. And then I'm going to cut your head off. Can you imagine me and the other soldiers listening to this? They're like, what did he just say? But he wasn't done yet. Watch this. David gets a crazy look in his eye. And he goes, I'm going to serve up your body and the body of all your homies to the cows in the coyotes. Whatever. The cows need love too. Let's go. Now, it is at that point, I think that the other soldiers are kind of like, yo, this dude is a nutcase. David, well, you got to, man, you're getting like rated R on us, dude. What are you talking about? But David, come on, how many of you know, David understood something, that I'm coming here in the name of my God, and I'm not going to give any room. Let me speak to something. Listen, let me say this to you. Some of us have been fighting battles, and when you knock the giant down, you've knocked them down, but you haven't killed it. Watch, 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 watch. Can I be your pastor for a minute? So slow this down for a second. Through, you start feeling like you're free. I've, I've killed the giant. God's changed me. All of those things are in my past, are gone in debt. But you know what I've learned? I've learned that the devil knows how to play possum. And he's learned how to fool a lot of us. So he'll lay down and pretend that he's dead, but he'll wait for you to be at a weak moment. And all of a sudden, his fingers begin to twitch again. And all of a sudden, he begins to lift himself up again. I love David because David showed us what we need to do in our battles. He made sure there ain't no way 
After I'm done with you, devil, you're going to come back and you're going to come back and haunt me. You're not going to have my family. You're not going to have my joy. You're not going to have my children. You're not going to have my grandchildren. I'm going to make sure on this battlefield, you're done. That's why you got to go through Brave Life 1 and then go through Brave Life 2. Because Brave Life 1 is when you knock the giant down. Brave Life 2 is when you cut its head off. He goes on to say, the whole earth will know that there is an extraordinary God in Israel. And everyone who is gathered here will, will learn that God doesn't save by natural weapons. Because the battle belongs to a supernatural God. And he is handing you to us on a platter. Man. You know, I've always had this desire. You know, I, I didn't want to be a pastor. Y'all know that, some of you. Um, if you're new, you didn't know that, and you're shocked right now, and you're like, well, what are we doing here? I don't know. <laughs> but I told God, I was like, God, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to be a pastor, I don't want to just pastor a church. I want us to have a movement in a city where people's lives are genuinely changed. Like, I'm so bored with religion, y'all. Anybody else? Like, I'm so bored with preachers that preach the word of God, but you never see the power of it. Like, I'm the type of guy that if we're going to preach it, I want to see it. If we know that God can heal, I want to see cancer dry up in people's lives. If we know that God can heal, I want to see depression break. If we know that God can save, I want to see thousands of people in our city saved. Is there anybody that believes that this Bible is the true word of God? You see, I'm believing this for your family, that the best days of your family are in front of you, that you haven't even seen. Come on, you ain't even ready for this. Watch, 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 watch. I'm getting my cardio in too because this is so good. Let me go to number three. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna jump in. Let's check this out. Write this down, number three. Paul, Paul shows us something with all this armor that he's talking about. He's saying you have to understand the battle's real. Number two, it's a supernatural battle. David shows us it, it, the battle that we fight. It's not, with, it's not with natural weapons. Listen, the business that you are leading, come on, business owners in this room, there's a different way of leading your business than, than the way the world does business. Watch how God will bless you and put you heads above other people. If you will honor God with your business, put God first in, in your school. Come on, students. Put God first in your school. Put God first in everything you do. Watch how God, when you fight this battle supernaturally, watch how God will elevate you. You see, David, everyone was laughing at him. Chances are there are some people. Watch this. Watch, watch. I love this. There are some. Some of you are like undercover brave church people. And that's cool. I'm glad you're here. But you're like, I wouldn't for the life of me post up that I'm at Brave Church on a Sunday night. Because all my friends are going to laugh at me. Girl, what you doing in church? Bro, what are you doing at church, man? We're playing basketball. What are you doing? Like You're like, there's no way people will laugh at me. Yeah, I know David, his own brothers laughed at him. The king of the nation was laughing at him. And then when he said, I'm not going to fight with natural weapons, they're like, Oh my gosh, put this guy back in the shepherd's field. We're all going to be slaves. But David didn't care. 
David walked onto that battlefield like many of you are going to walk out. I'm believing it. I'm speaking it over your life. You're going to walk out into the battlefield. Come on, listen, 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 listen. Tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up and you're going to go into the battlefield different than the way you ended this week. Because some of you, come on, man, I feel this. God is showing you the weapons you need to put down. You've been trying to do things on your own, on your own strength, and your own ability. And tonight you've realized that, God, I need to fight my weapons, my battle with different weapons. They're supernatural weapons. How do I do that, Pastor? Write this down, number three. You still have to understand this about the armor of God. I've talked to you about the armor of God. So watch this, number three. Paul tells us that there's armor that protects every area of your body, but there's no armor for your back. How crazy is that? God, what's up with that? God, how come? Well, man, I mean, then we're not really covered. No, 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 you're covered. You're covered the way you're supposed to be covered. You see, out of all the armor, there's a helmet, there's a breastplate, There's even shoes. Come on. Jesus cares about your shoes, people. And then there's this big shield. The shield covers all of you. It's a big shield to make sure you're covered. Everybody, there's a belt. Every part of you is covered except for your back. I'm getting to think about that. Like, why is that? Here's the reason why. You might want to write this down somewhere in your notes. It's because God never created you to turn your back and run. You know, like, have you ever noticed how easy it is when you're in a battle to turn around and I just need to run back to my old friends. Going through a battle, I I end up back in my old addictions and my old patterns and habits. Man, I was getting free. I was that brave and I was on fire for God, serving God. It's making friends, but now I find myself back in the same circle and same influences and the same thinking and the same. And anytime you turn and you run from your enemy, you're exposed. We're like, well, that's not fair because, man, when the battle gets hard, I don't, I don't want to be in the battle. But here's the reason why. It's because the word back should not be in the definition of a Christian. There is nothing in your past that you should desire or want. Can I tell you? There's nothing in my past that I desire or want. Nothing, nada, nunca, never. I don't want it. You see, when God created you, when you signed up and said, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, he's like, armor. And I've given you armor because I want you to take a step forward. You see, Jesus is wooing you into your destiny. He's wooing you and calling you into your calling. He's wooing you and calling you into the plan he has for your life. And he doesn't ever want you to turn around and run from the enemy. Because the enemy is all bark and no bite. He has no power over you. He has no authority over you. So why are you running? Why are you afraid of the enemy? Why are you scared? Take some steps forward tonight to say, devil, I'm coming for you. And I'm not afraid. Come on, I'm not afraid of the battle. In fact, last Sunday night on my way to the six o'clock, this service last, was it last Sunday? No, two Sunday nights ago. Two Sunday nights ago. I was on my way to the service and I was coming off at 8.36 or 8.26 and 
my car had decelerated about 50, 55 miles per hour. And I was starting to slow down and I had about seven seconds to push my brakes and my brakes just totally went out of my car, just totally went out. So I hit a concrete wall. You see like this big scrape on 8th Street and the 826. Your pastor did that. And, uh, and I hit this concrete wall going about 50 miles per hour. Destroyed my car. It's knocked unconscious for a little bit. And, and I came to, and there were some people there from some Brave Church. A girl was there from Brave. And she was on her way. And she graciously helped me and stopped the blood and all this stuff. It was crazy. And, but when I opened my eyes and I realized what had happened, I kind of looked around. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm alive. And I just began to laugh. Because a week ago, a week before that, I told the staff, a week before that, Jason Lozano, who's here preaching, he called me on a Sunday night. It was a week before this happened. He said, man, David, I just felt like I need to call you and let you know, man, the devil hates what God is doing at Brave. Man, he's come at you this year, but man, he is coming at you hard right now. And I just see like this demon attacking your car. I don't even know what that means, but dude, I just want to pray. A week before that, and then I totaled my car. You say, well, Pastor David, it's a coincidence. I don't believe it. I believe the devil tried to kill me. I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at the mess, and I'm looking at the wreck, and I'm looking at the carnage, and I just begin to laugh. I'm just like, oh my God. People thought I was crazy. I'm laughing. This guy who I didn't even know is like, sir, are you okay? Why are you laughing? And I'm like, I'm laughing because the devil tried to kill me, but he failed. And devil, you better wish you had taken care of me because I'm getting better in the battle. You see, you can get better in your battle. Listen, listen. Here's what I've come to tell you tonight. The battle doesn't have to break you. The war doesn't have to wound you. You can get stronger in your battle. Even in the worst times of your life, you can look your enemy in the face and say, I may be a mess right now, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Somebody give God a shout of praise. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to hide. God, I don't deserve this. Be like, God, this battle is too much to carry brave. And this car accident, God, I don't deserve this, God. And then we start playing the victim game. But if you're here tonight and you're in a battle and you feel weak and you feel tired, can I tell you with all love, there's something wrong with your armor because in the battle, you should be getting stronger. David came off the field with Goliath and he wasn't like, oh my God, I'm so tired, y'all. Water boy, where you at? I need a towel. No, no, no. You know what he was like? Hey guys, let's throw a party. We've won the victory. So the guys, man, I've got a group of guys that just are accountability guys for me. And they're like, Pastor, we got to get you to the hospital. I'm like, no, you better not take me to the hospital until I go to the six o'clock fire service. Because I want to let the devil know that he has no authority. He has no... Come on. I've come here to tell somebody, I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to rise up in courage today to tell your enemy, devil, I am not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be filled with fear. I've got courage in my heart, and I know that my God has won the battle. Come on, stand to your feet all across this room tonight. Number four, number four, real quick, is this. Paul ends by telling us about the helmet of salvation, which tells us this. A helmet is to cover your mind. Number four, write this down. You need to get your thinking right. 
You see, this armor of a helmet is so powerful because it protects your thoughts. Some of us are thinking wrong. We're thinking bad. We're thinking negative. And usually our minds get bad when we're out of church, out of the presence of God. That's why you need to be in church every week. That's why you need to listen to some worship music. Come on, in your car, I just want to challenge you. I'm not being legalistic. I'm just challenging you. Set the atmosphere for victory. Tomorrow morning, you should wake up and throw some Planet Shaker, some Hillsong, some Bethel. Man, I mean, crank it up, man. I crank it up in my car. I crank it up. And it's like, man, devil, we're coming at you this week. And I begin to pray for you. I begin to intercede for your family. Come on, I pray for your businesses. Students, I pray for you at school. I pray for every person that's at Brave Church because collectively, we are doing damage to the kingdom of darkness, y'all. I want y'all to know that. I want you to know that. But here's the thing. We've got to have this helmet of salvation. It's important because if not, the enemy will bring all kinds of thoughts. Thoughts of discord, thoughts of fantasy, lust, greed, unforgiveness, insecurity, jealousy, envy, bitterness. Do I need to go on? Like all of these things that fill our mind. You know, my kids, when, when they're learning to ride bikes, and even to this day, I'll, I'll put a helmet on them. And they don't like it because they're like, Dad, I look like a dork. <laughs> We're not in a fashion contest, kids. It's about safety. Safety first. Hashtag safety first. And, but I do it. I do it for them, but I do it more for me because I want to ride bike and not be worried about them, you know? So, like, Britton can run into a fire hydrant and he may scrape his knee, but I know his head's going to be okay. You see, that's what the helmet of, of righteousness is. God says, I want to give you a helmet because you're going to fall in life at times. Nobody in this room is perfect. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Come on, he's talking to you. Some of y'all enjoyed that way too much. You're going to fall in life. You're going to have oopsies in life at times. And what God wants you to know is that when you fall, you're not going to hurt your thinking. You'll fall, but you'll know that God is still good. You'll fall, and you'll know that God still loves you. You'll fall, but you'll know that you're still chosen and called and anointed of God. You'll fall, but the enemy won't bring shame and guilt on you. You'll fall because you're not an adopted child of God. You are the DNA blood child of Jesus Christ. He loves you that much. You see, some of us, our thinking gets wrong. And he says this, I need you to put on the helmet of salvation. That's why 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says this, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Someone say power and of love and a sound mind can i tell you anxiety and fear is from the enemy but faith comes from our god you see the devil will get, try to fill your mind with fear and anxiety to say look how big my problems are and how small my god is but god says this when you're filled with faith your problems may still be there but you understand that my God is bigger than all my problems is there anybody in this place here today that you are ready to put on the helmet of salvation you are ready to put on the breastplate of righteousness you're ready to hold the shield of faith if you're here and you say pastor I'm ready to fight the good fight come on give God a shout of praise right now yes God Listen, with every head bowed and every eye closed. You're here and you're in a battle. 
want you to know something today. You don't have to hope for victory. God already has the victory. Listen, listen, listen. You don't have to fight for victory. We fight from a position of already having the victory. But you're in a battle right now and you say, I need God's help. I need, I need the armor of God, Pastor David. I, I, need, I need God to show up in an area of my life. Maybe you're here and you feel like, man, I'm drowning. I'm struggling. Maybe you're here, watch this, and you got it all together. You didn't even realize how bad you needed God. I've come here to tell you, you need God. Whether everything is up and to the right or everything is in pieces, you need God because there will come a time in your life if you don't have the armor, you'll find yourself laying on the ground with arrows all in you. Why wait until the enemy has filled your heart and filled your life with all kinds of crazy stuff? Why don't you just say right now, God, put the armor of God on. Every morning, I want to fill my life with the presence of God, with the goodness of God. But you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm in a battle and I need you to pray that God would just show up in my life. If that's you on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand and put it right back down. It may be a health battle. It may be a financial battle. It may be some kind of stronghold or breakthrough that you need. It may be a relational situation. It may be your kids. It may be your spouse. You may, maybe just your mind. Maybe you, you just need depression to break off. Maybe you just need a God to come through in your business. And it's like, I don't even know how we're going to make this happen. Whatever it is, I'm in a battle and I need the power and the presence of God to give me strength. If that's you, on the count of three, lift your hand. One, two, three. Come on, lift your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all over. My God, look, we thought it was just us. Come on, right now, all across this place, would you repeat this? Say, Jesus, today, I thank you for the weapons you've given me to win. I thank you that you already have the victory. And I thank you by faith I receive that I have the victory in this area. Go ahead and tell him what the area is. Come on, right there. Tell God, thank you that I have the victory in my body. Thank you I have the victory in my finance. Thank you I have the victory with my kids. Come on, begin to thank him. Begin to praise him for it. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.